Good morning. This is an unfamiliar voice, not the one you maybe were expecting here on the first day of January 2020. Your station director, Thaddeus Romanski. This is a pre-recorded episode of Red Sea Roundup that you're listening to. It's a special 2019 look back episode with all of your favorite Roundup hosts gathered together in the studio. Say hello, gang. Hello, gang. Hello, gang. Oh, boy. I should have known that was coming. (laughs) So we're going to be giving over this entire uh, hour to looking back at 2019, the year that was in Red Sea Roundup. We've got your first week of the month steady co-host, Deacon Mike Beauvais. Welcome, everybody, to the show. Your second week, Mr. Gene Wilhelm. Good morning. Your third and occasional fifth week of the month host, the lovely Pam Marvin. Hello, everyone. And the the lady who we save the best for the last every month, the wonderful, charming, lovely Judy Como. That's a lot of adjectives. <laughs> a lot of them. Happy New Year, everyone. Yes. So we're here today, like I said, on 88.5 FM KEDC on 98.3 KYAR in Central Texas and 107.9 FM Palestine, Texas, KINF to bring you a special 2019 look back episode. So without further ado, we thought maybe it would be apropos to start out with kind of going around the table and letting you hear why these people come into the studio uh, once a month, every month to give of their time to be on the airwaves with you and to bring you um, interesting guests from nationally, internationally, even right down to your own local community. Uh, these, These four people that are in front of me are all volunteer all the time. They take time out of their weeks. They take time away from their families, their their professional commitments to be on the air. And we are so grateful for that. So in many ways, this little episode is a way of celebrating these four people and their continued efforts to, to make Red Sea Radio something really special. So let's start with the deacon in the room. Deacon Mike Bovey, how did you get pulled into this racket and why do you keep coming back? Before I get into this, I'm not getting paid. Sorry to break it to you. No. Oh boy. We're actually taking money out of we're actually taking money out it, of your salary. Mike, it's deferred compensation. Uh, yes. Uh, it's shortening your time in purgatory. Look at it that way. Which actually goes right to why I do this. Um <laughs> <laughs> One of the things that uh, we talked about in diaconate formation is the fact that people see deacons at mass and think a lot of times that's all they do. They just, they're up there at the altar helping father and Mm -hmm. not really sure what they do the rest of the time of their life, you know, and um, the whole reason for the diaconate, especially having brought it back uh, after Vatican II, is the notion that there should be someone from the parish reaching out to the people that aren't necessary in the pews. And um, we were given all sorts of ways we could possibly do this. But since the original Roundup host, Megan Silas, conned me into being on the air. You <laughs> um, chose that word very deliberately, con. Very, very deliberately. I had the thought that there's probably no better way to reach out to the people that may not be in the pews every Sunday sure. than Catholic radio. And so I thought, you know, there's not that many deacons on the radio, although there's a few of us. Mm-hmm. 
but this would be a wonderful way to fulfill that part of my ministry. So what you're saying is you're trying to give Deacon Harold Burke Sivers up in the great Pacific Northwest a run for his money. That's what that's who you're aiming for? Uh, no, the bar is much, much lower. <laughs> The bar is just not getting kicked off the local radio. Okay. I'm going to keep that in mind. I'm going to remember that. <laughs> but uh, really, it's uh, been a wonderful experience, something that I would never have imagined me doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, although speaking into a microphone seemed to be much less intimidating than speaking to an entire congregation, but doing it, you find out there's really not that much difference. You're still nervous when you realize there's actual people out there listening to you. Yeah. I think in a way then that is a bit of penance because you have to get over your fear of doing this in order to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Gene, is that what you try to do? You just try to not think about the fact that people are listening and then just steam right right ahead? That's a very difficult question to answer. There are, uh, I guess there are jitters, uh, each time I'm doing this, uh, I don't really remember how I got involved in this either, uh, except I volunteered to do something at the radio station and somehow I ended up being on the air. So, <laughs> uh, the, my motivation, uh, there's, well, you know, Thaddeus, there's a certain amount of ham in me. Oh yeah. Just, just a little bit. But, uh, turkey <laughs> <laughs> Pam coming in there with the, uh, the blind side shot. Ooh. That didn't hurt much, but uh, what I've what I've really enjoyed about this is there are a lot there are people that I've met or people that I've heard about that I've really found interesting. Wanted to introduce them to uh, the listeners. I'm always looking for somebody that maybe has a story to tell about something that changed their lives. As as you probably really aware. Most of my listeners may not be aware, but I think Thaddeus is aware. I'm not much of an apologist. I don't really like the intellectual side of stuff that much. It doesn't appeal to me. Mm-hmm. So mine mm-hmm. is more on a personal level that I like to have uh, for my guests. And, and that's, I want to be an encouragement to our listeners. Yeah. And something I appreciate about you, all of you have all had guests from the Waco area on from time to time, but Gene especially has kind of taken the Waco listeners kind of under his wing a little bit because they don't, you know, Waco doesn't have a representative in person as a, one of the, the hosts because of the way of the development of the radio station. But Gene, I think, you know, you've you've also tried to make sure that you get a certain amount of your guests from the, the Central Texas listening right. area. Anything behind that? Why that um, inspired to do that? I mean, I, we were asked to, to do what we could, and I happen to know some people. Uh, the the Nagels in Waco is the first ones that I yeah. I- interviewed, and and then uh, somehow or other I got involved with some of the professors at Baylor that I've interviewed. I think three of them now, mm-hmm. and uh, it's been very fascinating to me to to find out just how Catholic you can be and go to Baylor. Indeed, and then you've got Father Augustine there now too, which yeah, I mean that I mean it's just just amazing to me. Right. Speaking of someone who's uh, always on that journey of to find out how Catholic you can be. Pam Marvin, why did you get rolled into this or asked to do Megan, it or conned into it as some, some no, people say? I was, it was kind of an interesting story because Megan wanted me to co-host with her on a regular basis. But after much discernment with my family, especially at the time, 
and talking to my husband. However, I was all in for it. I was like, yay, radio. I come from a family that has uh, done radio as careers. And so there was a real appeal for me there. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we discerned that that was not the best thing for my family at the time. Uh, So I did every now and then pop in with Megan when she was on. I loved co-hosting with her. Um, But then after she left the community, it was kind of a natural thing for me to pick up one or sometimes two of the weekends to... uh, what I like to say is like kind of prayerfully really decide, not decide, but with the help of the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, Holy Spirit, what's on your heart? What do you want the people to really um, to hear today? What kind of information? And and um, as I'm sure most of us here really are very prayerful about um, thinking about our guests and, and bringing them on. And over time, mine just developed into kind of a theme as – some of you may or may not know of about uh, human formation, because I feel like the radio has been really great on the theological and uh, apologetic aspect, which I love and adore as a convert. Um, but I also felt like there was there was more needed on, well, how do we grow in virtue? And so that's been a, a real personal um, journey for myself. And so I feel like I'm like sharing my journey with the listeners, because who doesn't need more virtue in their life? Indeed. And before we close out this first part of the segment um, and then come back after the break to continue our look back at Red Sea Roundup in 2019. Again, you're listening to 88.5 FM KDC in the Brazos Valley, 98.3 KYAR in Central Texas and 107.9 FM LP KINF in Palestine. I would be remiss if I didn't talk to my friend across the microphone, Judy Como, about how did you get pulled into uh, this little well, point I, studio? I participated in uh, the community showcase uh, and helped in, do some interviews. And I was asked, I was uh, overwhelmed by <laughs> the idea, but I was, I was, uh, I'm so grateful for what Catholic Radio has had such an impact in my life that I wanted to give back. So when I was invited to be a, a part of this team, I'm a little bit of a ham and a turkey along with Eugene and uh, it it just has come together. Uh, Pam talked about having a theme of uh, virtues and I really kind of wanted to emulate that having a theme, but it, my theme came to me in a time that I really needed to have some hope in the church. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of whether I would say it every week or not, okay, y'all remember my theme is hope. I wanted the show to express hope. So some of my uh, guests have been, you know, we're going to talk with Will Rooney in a little while, uh, someone who was in the seminary, um, people who are involved in ministry, telling their story and why they do what they do really helped me continue to have hope in our church. Wonderful. Yeah. I think there's not just a little bit of ham and turkey in you, but maybe a little bit of uh, lasagna, maybe some rigatones, yes, and right? We've had some conversations about uh, Thaddeus and yeah. I's <laughs> shared uh, Italian heritage. And uh, we just celebrated the Feast of St. Lucy, and yeah. we did not eat the cuchilla as I would try to avoid. I thought about you time. on that day. I thought about you on that day if, if you were eating any of, I did, of your cuchilla. I you did, know, sing a little bit of the Santa Lucia, but I did not eat the cuchilla. <laughs> Molto bene. Yes. Um, before We've got about two minutes before we go to, to break here. Anyone want to talk about a feeling of 
have you grown into this role or is it still a little bit, you know, nerve wracking or are, does it still have a sense of adventure every week for you? Um, anyone want to well, jump in on that? I could just say that we had a meeting maybe four months ago. We all kind of kicked around looking at incorporating the saint, upcoming saint, and maybe talking about a particular parish or something like that. And I was like, God, my show tends to find me rather than I find the show itself. And I was like, I'm going to do so much better. And I had a three-month focus. And every month it was a struggle to keep up with it, almost comically so. (laughs) And so... uh, I don't know what the rest of the 2020 is going to be, but that's just a little bit about my my part of it. And one I'm, minute. I, I'm Gene, and I'm just the opposite. If I don't have my guests planned out two or three months in advance, I panic. Yeah, it's funny that the two of you are sharing this, sharing one <laughs> microphone, Judy and, and Gene, who are at opposite ends of the spectrum on that planning side. Tammy. No, I, I think that um, as, as time has gone on, um, I've become even more grateful Um to have a platform like this, I feel like it's tremendous. And I think that if we uh, really give it some thought about the graces that God has given us to be these humble people that do sit here with really no knowledge at all, except a love of Christ and a love of our community. And that's, that's what drives me. It's just. um, That's really a great note to leave it on Pam. Um, And I leave every show thanking God for each one of you. Judy, Gene, Pam, Deacon Mike, it's just a pleasure working with all of you. And as we're down to our last minute in this first segment, uh, listeners, this has been a special look back at 2019 on Red Sea Roundup. We've had some fun uh, talking about what our motivations were to uh, get us into these chairs in this studio, uh, what kind of what keeps us here. When we come back on the other side, we're going to be talking a little bit more specifically about some of our favorite guests, some of our favorite moments And we're going to end up with a little bit of a look forward into this coming year, January 1st, the first day of a new year. And it's that beautiful feast day of Mary, the mother of God that we're celebrating today. So without further ado, we're going to go to um, commercial break right now. But like I said, we'll be back and it's just been a rollicking good time so far this morning. And we can't wait to talk some more about the great memories we had. Uh, what we learned in 2020 here on Red Sea Roundup. Thanks so much. See you on the other side. back listening to Red Sea Roundup. This is a special pre-recorded episode here on the very first day of 2020. We're doing a 2019 look back and I've got the the gang here in the studio. Boy, it was tough getting them all all in the studio at the same time because these are very busy people. They're very committed, uh, involved people in their community. But I've got from my left to my right, Miss Judy Como. Howdy, howdy. Mr. Gene Wilhelm. Hello. Miss Pam Marvin. Hello. And Deacon Mike Bovey. Hello. And we're all talking about our favorite moments of 2019. We're going to get to that shortly, but we spent the first part of the show uh, 
talking about the motivations of, of these fine folks and why they come on every week. If this is the first time that you're listening, uh, we hope that you're enjoying it. And we want you to tell other people about this great show that's on at this time each week at 11 a.m. on 88.5 FM KEDC in the Brazos Valley, 98.3 FM KYAR in Central Texas, and 107.9 FM LP in the Holy Land of Texas, Palestine. Not to mention forget to mention the streaming available. Indeed, yes, you can catch all of our great programming anytime on our Red Sea Catholic Radio app and listen to these past episodes that we're talking about today in our audio archive for Red Sea Roundup. Absolutely, and to mention also that we've had some international moments on Red Sea Roundup. And Yes, and indeed. What do you have in mind, Judy? Talk to us. Well, uh, I was... In Rome in June and uh, got a text from Thaddeus to say, call the show right now. And it was five o'clock in the afternoon. And I'm like, why is he? Oh, okay. Time change. So (laughs) Gene was hosting that day and I called y'all from the steps of the Sistine Chapel and the Basilica. And two weeks ago, our, our new station manager in Waco, Robin Waters and his wife, Carolyn, were also in Rome and we... Skyped them in so we we could see them and our listeners got to hear them. So that was a lot of technological things that we hadn't done in the past, to my knowledge anyway. Very, two very beautiful moments. And it is it is kind of overwhelming to think uh, how easy it is to connect with people, um, not just here in the Bryan College Station or Central Texas area, but across the state, across the country, and even internationally, uh, the, the reach that is possible with today's technology is, is pretty fascinating. And I, that brings up an interesting point, the connecting with people. And I found it interesting in the first segment, we were talking about how the intellectual side of our faith doesn't appeal so much to Judy and Jean when they're thinking about what guests to have on. I'm on the other side of the spectrum. The intellectual side just absolutely fascinates me. but we have such a diverse type of listener mm-hmm. that the show tries to appeal to everyone. And so by having the guests, that, uh, the hosts that we do, we have the opportunity to come at it from a different perspective every week and yet cover the topics that are important to the listeners just from a different angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think that actually makes me think of throwing a question out to y'all that we we didn't rehearse this question, but um, anyone have someone else's guest on that they particularly enjoyed that interview? Um, anybody's, you know, Gene, did you have, did you have, was there a guest that Judy had or Pam or Deacon Mike had that you particularly liked or vice versa? Well, I was um, intent on listening to Deacon Mike's interview of Dr. Taylor Marshall because it's very brainy, and he was able to have a conversation with him ab- addressing the scandal and his book, uh, ask him questions just from being a deacon and having that um, experience to be able to eloquently have a conversation with him. So I really learned a lot, and it was just you asked the questions in a way that I would not have thought to do that. So I really got a lot from that. Uh, also, 
when you know someone else's guest personally, as Pam interviewed her husband, and um, it was wonderful to hear him talk about his faith life. We tend to see each other in a social setting, and when we do see each other, we're so happy to see each other that we're just talking about how, what are you doing? And to, so to hear him uh, speak about his experience and what, where he's coming from, learning more and more about spiritual warfare, that was just two shows that come to mind real quick. But I could talk about some more, but I'm going to give someone else a chance. Well, I'd have to say that there were two, both of them priests, and one was Gene's interview with Father Din, and just his journey to the priesthood was absolutely fascinating to me. But also, I think that um, when Pam talked to Father Kagu immediately after the burning of the church in Westphalia, that was one of the most touching interviews that I've heard, and I really thought that was well done. Yeah. With Father Andrew Dinn, uh, I made an appointment with him and talked with him for about an hour uh, before the, the interview on the air, and there was so much more uh, to his life. He just is an inspiration to me because uh, how many young people would uh, have the attitude that he does when their parents sent them away at age 12 to a refugee camp in a foreign country. And he had just all these disappointments that came in his life, uh, and yet he still knew that God was there with him all the time. And that, that to me, that, that was just, it was just astounding to me to see what happened to him. And then uh, he talked about how he finally realized after 10 years in this, yeah, I think he spent 10 years in England after, at age 14, and then 10 years here, when he finally became, uh, was able to get into the priesthood. And it's just, it's just a disappointment after disappointment. And he just kept turning to God. We've got a clip from that interview. You've set it up really nicely. Let's listen to Father Andrew Den, who's now over at St. Joseph's and Bryan, associate pastor. Let's hear him talk about that moment when he, he kind of knew that he had that call to the priesthood. One of the one of the time I was at in the uh, the silent adoration. That's when I, you know, on that day I specifically this, um, telling myself or telling God that I'm I'm dedicate this hour for you to tell me whether I, this is what you want me to do. This is, I'm talking about the priesthood here, or is this what I want to do? So I was um, I went in there into the adoration without. I normally bring my homework with me to kill two birds of one stone while praying while studying. I'm sorry, that is the. Uh, <laughs> it's funny at that, this moment. Well, this that's was, all right. Do, do, do you need that extra brain every yeah, day? Yeah, exactly. And then want God to help me with my uh, memor- memorization also. So anyway, yeah. So uh, so I, on that day, I, I, I said to uh, I said to myself, I'm not bringing anything into that adoration. Just dedicate this time for 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 allow me to. To, to to pray for for my vocation and then that's in that point I sit there praying and then distract comes and then within about fifteen minutes and then I suddenly um uh you know um distracted myself so I tell myself come on I this to dedicate this hour for God and suddenly you thinking about homework again or thinking about other things so I call myself back into praise and I said like, I need something to concentrate on so I pick up the missalette. And they opened it up, and there it is on the day that the, the, the ancient antiphon on that day, St. Paul said to um, Rome, 
this is from God or from man. That's when I felt God really speaks to me because I, I came into adoration with a, 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 a dedication of whether this is God calling me or is this what I want. So now St. Paul said, it is from God, not from man. That's really hit home and 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 I don't, I don't know, my eyes start watering without knowing what's going on. It's tear coming out. So that's where I felt so uh, touched by God in which God really thinking that I am uh, calling me to this way of, way of life. It's, it really talks about how God can speak to us in ways and at times in our lives when, when we aren't really sure whether God is there and really interested in what we're doing. Uh, his whole life was like that. It was like, God, he, he, I don't think he ever said, God, why are you doing this to me? But he was always wondering what was next. And, uh, but, and I have to think in my own life that there are a lot of times when God has done things for me when I didn't really anticipate that it was going to happen and I was busy doing something else like homework. <laughs> I especially appreciated um, his commentary about uh, discernment and separating what was God's will and what he wanted for himself. And that just put into work, you know, how many times, you know, is that you, God, or is that me and how to uh, know the difference? And one of the things that, that was holding him back was the, the language barrier that he knew that he would have to do all this work of uh, writing papers and that type of thing. And he spoke, he knew English, but to be able to put it down on paper was a problem. And, and he, he probably spent three, four, five times more long, longer doing those things than the guys that were raised in this country. And so I, I have to admire him for what he did. You can do it if God calls you to it. Yeah. Is is there a sense that y'all feel with uh, this this show and this participation in it, how often you get exposed to ordinary people or even people who are uh, kind of Catholic public figures? Uh, you hear their story and how the Lord reaches into their life and, and guides them or they, they find their their path. Right. It's kind of a, along the same theme. I had Deacon Frank Ashley on at one point to talk about perseverance, and I had no idea the trials that he went through and had to overcome to become a deacon. I mean, that was during the time his wife came down with cancer. Mm-hmm. He was actually told, you need to leave. He says, you don't understand. I need this to survive, to stay in the diaconate. So the perseverance virtue that we talked about with him was along the same kind of line. Very, very inspiring. Yeah. Very often, our we told our reason for being here every week after uh, on Red Sea Roundup. Our that someone's witness is relatable. You get to know a bit about the person and their reason for keeping on, keeping on. Their reason for continuing in formation, in discernment, in ministry, in mission. The different reasons, that's what teaches without even saying any words, I think. And I think this is a reminder that life is about choices that we make. And, you know, everyone that we talk to somewhere in their life made a choice to go one direction over another. And the people that we talk to have chosen 
to walk on the side of God, be it as an author, be it as a priest, be it as a deacon, be it as a radio personality. These people could be doing something totally different. And yet somewhere in their life, they went through that discernment process. Do I want to do this or do I want to follow God? And it's a reminder to all of us, I think, that life is ultimately about choosing God. You know, we have other options, but they're not legitimate options. And so it's helpful when we talk to these people to be reminded that, you know, the choice is rarely easy, but always simple. It's God or nothing. One of my favorites was listening to um, Judy talk with Will. So I have been a member of Thomas Aquinas for 30 years, um, and, and I watched Will grow up. So when he says that about community and how much love that we do have for him, that was so palpable for me. So um, again, the vocations and that perseverance and, and prayer, because you know I know I had a lot of personal prayer of praying for vocations for years now uh, with Monday Holy Hours at uh, Thomas Aquinas. And so for him to um, say that and, and really be a witness to the love that we have in our community for our, um, our Catholic family, truly, it's truly beautiful. So that was one yeah. of my favorites. Well, that uh, interview came about through a happenstance, a Christ incident of, uh, I worked with Will in youth ministry. And, uh, this every, is Will Rooney we're talking about. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so every year at DCYC, the Diocesan Catholic Youth Conference, uh, bringing teens there, the seminarians are always present. Uh, they have a the vocations director will say something at the end and invite men who are even considering the priesthood to come forward, the uh, religious. And uh, so Will was there, and, hi, how you doing? And just in my inner spirit said, would you do? Would you come on the show? He said, I'd love to. Then that time went by, ran into him at uh, in the Adoration Chapel at St. Thomas Aquinas for spring break, and that's how it came together. Yeah. So let's yeah. let's hear from Judy's interview with with Will Rooney right now. And uh, so I was going to go to the engineering career fair. Had my suit and tie on. Had my resumes printed and everything like that. And I went to my adoration hour, and there was just this sense of, okay, uh, Lord, you've offered me this opportunity to to go to seminary, or to at least to apply to seminary <laughs> at that mm-hmm. point, and you've been so generous with me in the past, Lord, and I, I'm willing to, uh, to be generous and just to, just with, by saying yes for one year. Right. Um, so I said, I'm just going to not go to the career fair and, uh, oh, and wow. apply for seminary. And I, that's what I did. I, I came out of that adoration <laughs> hour and I was just convinced that, um, that I had to at least apply and that there was a certain amount of, um, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm set towards this thing. And, uh, unless the Lord tells me no, uh, you know, or unless some, you know, obviously the, the Lord would speak through the church in that regard, unless the church says, no, you're not called to, to come to seminary. Um, you know, I, I'm going to trust that you're going to lead me the way that you want me to go, Lord, because you've continually been generous to me. 
I mean, he's given me so many blessings in my life, my family, my brothers, aunts and uncles, the community of St. Thomas Aquinas, the community of the Diocese of Austin, all of these people over and over again who have poured into me, who have, who have led me, um, and who have just, you know, given, 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 and been signs of the Lord's generosity in my life. And I wanted to, um, I think that, that that generosity had transformed my heart and opened my heart enough that I was able to, to say yes in that small but yet generous way, right? So what I'm struck by with Will's story and then Father Andrew's story is kind of both of them have this small, deliberate decision to listen to God or open themselves to the Holy Spirit's voice. So Father Andrew deliberately chooses to not bring his homework with them into adoration that day. And Will, he deliberately uh, decides to not go to the career fair that day. So I think that helps us to see that choosing God, it happens in small ways. It doesn't have to be this grand choice all the time, but at the same time, those little choices for God they did happen within this larger kind of openness to what is God calling me to do in my life. But what that tells us also is that uh, if we don't make space for God in our lives, we can't hear him. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, Psalm 46 verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. And if we're not still, we can't hear him because there is so much noise in our world that we can't hear him. And we need to make the space to where uh, we've, where our lives aren't so full that we don't have time for God. Well said, Gene. Well, very well said. Judy, what was it like actually getting to hear Will's story since it was a Christ instance? Christ incidents. Christ Christ incidents. incidents, uh, That put us together. It was um, very uh, consoling. And again, if if someone is going to persevere through hardship, and the time uh, at this time was when uh, a lot of information about uh, the scandal in the church was coming out. I wanted to know why, how he could overcome that. I wanted to know his reason for sticking with it. Uh, he had not, um, he had not become a transitional deacon yet, and um, I just wanted to hear that. And then um, later on. I asked uh, him to walk us through uh, Holy Week, and he his uh, exuberance, his passion, his love for the church, and his teaching ability was so evident in that part of it. It was really, you know, when you work together as youth ministers and the fun of teaching teens and leading teens and all of that, that was our experience, but I got to know him in a new new way. And it'll be fascinating to see him as he uh, becomes this awesome holy priest that we right. need so much. Right. Um, there's been a, several references through our, our time so far this morning. Again, you're listening to a special 2019 look back episode of Red Sea Roundup on Red Sea Catholic Radio. We're on the air every Wednesday morning at 11 with these four wonderful volunteer hosts. Each of them takes a certain week of the year. We start every month with Deacon Mike Beauvais. Then the next week, Mr. Gene Wilhelm, 
The third week and sometimes the fifth Wednesday of the month is Miss Pam Marvin, and we always close out every month with Miss Judy Como, who you just heard speaking to me. That's on 88.5 KEDC in the Brazos Valley, 98.3 FM KYAR in Central Texas, and 107.9 FM LP in Palestine, Texas. But there's been a lot uh, of times in our conversation this morning that have talked about uh, the scandal, the difficulties that the Catholic Church is experiencing. Um, I think sometimes that classifies as noise. There's a lot that we can't, in our everyday lives, we can't do anything about it beyond praying, fasting, making acts of mortification, and availing ourselves of the sacraments. And beyond at least trying to keep somewhat abreast of the developments. But in many times, in many ways, it can become distracting, disturbing noise. And Deacon Mike, you had a couple of guests on this year who I think at least gave us some intellectual mental approaches to keeping it, keeping that noise level as low as possible without ignoring it. Yes, I had the opportunity to talk to uh, Jimmy Aiken about his book, Teaching with Authority. And um, in the conversation, one of the things that he brought up is that we always need to be aware of the difference between a theological discussion and a change in church teaching. Because so often what we hear in the media is the church is talking about this and the church is talking about that. And in our culture of outrage, everyone immediately becomes outraged at the very notion that we're even talking about this. And yet one of the points that Jimmy was making is throughout history, it is the job of theologians to bring up topics to discuss. It's the role of the authority of the church to make doctrine and to confirm dogma. And so until that happens, it's just noise, as Judy was saying. And, you know, we can't buy into that noise. We have to respect the process. We have to acknowledge the role of theologians in the church to ask important questions, because we would not have a conversation using the word Trinity if it hadn't been in the early church the discussion about how do we define God in three persons. Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, St. Augustine said the only reason we use persons is so that we're not struck mute because we have no way else to talk about it. Right. Let's l- let's listen to a little bit of a clip from that interview with Jimmy Aiken and then, and then let you comment some more on that. That did respond to mistaken ideas, but that still preserved a legitimate room for discussion among Catholic theologians. And you see the same things in documents today. When the Pope issues an encyclical, there, are, there will be certain things he wants to teach, and he wants to make sure that everybody understands. But he also preserves space for Catholic theologians to continue to discuss matters and to continue to debate them, because that's how the Holy Spirit continues to lead us into a deeper understanding of the truth, is through that discussion and debate. And that's... Uh... The point I was making just before we listened to that wonderful clip is that the discussion of the church is vitally important, but it is not the role of theologians to be the teaching authority. That's the role of the pope and the bishops. 
Yeah, and I love what you had to say about the um, the Holy Trinity and something that we sometimes maybe miss that what came along in the train of the doctrine of the Holy Trinity being established were there were heresies that rose to the surface. There were there were and there were Christians who were led astray into following certain heretical beliefs and ideas. Um, that's that's something that that's part of the the human effort of teasing out these ideas, right? Is that is that some of the collateral damage you might say? Well, certainly, Arianism lasted for three hundred some years, right? And uh, it, it directly spoke to the churches trying to grapple with how do we define God, how do we talk about God. And so it's a reminder that, you know, if that conversation lasted for 300-some years, in spite of the church having come down solidly on the side of our understanding of God as uh, uh, Trinity, we shouldn't get overly excited with the things that we hear thrown about in our culture today about, you know, what the church is discussing, because we should only focus on what it is the church is teaching. And that is simply found in the catechism, not on the front page of the New York Times. Right. And I think one of the things that we have to understand, too, is that even some of our greatest theologians like Augustine struggled with, uh, with heresy, that, that he, he embraced it for a part of time of his life, but eventually he was convinced of the truth of what the church taught, and he, he had so much to say about the truths of the church that we wouldn't know if it weren't for Augustine. Mm-hmm. Which uh, goes uh, ultimately again to one of the other conversations I was lucky enough to have on our show is when we were talking to Carl Keating about the Francis feud. And the, again, we have people taking sides on one thing or another based on not so much the substance of the conversation as to the perspective people have on one thing or another. I like the way Pope Francis teaches, or somebody doesn't like the way Pope Francis teaches, or I felt much more comfortable with Pope Benedict, or I feel much more comfortable with the easy style of Pope Francis. And again, the church's message has nothing to do with the personality of the pope. The church's message has only to do with the truth. And so we need to be careful we don't get sidetracked on these conversations because one of the comments we made during one of the shows was that, you know, the devil wants to divide us. His main goal is trying to split us up into as many tiny little groups as he can. And so we need to, as Catholic Christians, be firm in our faith and know what the truth is and listen to it rather than all the noise. That's a great place to then spin back to the local. And I, I'm thinking particularly about the really devastating fire at Westphalia in the summer of 2019 that we were able to give some some coverage to. We were able to be a source of comfort, be a source of information for those in our listening areas who were connected to the Westphalia church in some way and to that community there and to the priest who was the pastor there at that time, Father Edwin Cagu. And and we were able to get him to come on to your show, Pam, 
to right. to talk about that. Why don't you set up the the clip that we have about about that? Right. Well, thank you for asking that because it was one of those things too where I wasn't. Uh, it just I had a couple of uh, interviewees that had kind of fallen through that week, and I've been really praying like, Lord, this is your show. What is it that you want? And then the fire happened, and I can't remember exactly the timing. But it was just in a couple of days before the um, the radio show. It was a fifth Wednesday, and um, I thought, well, you know, let's just give it a shot. I doubt Father Ed won't be available. And I emailed him, and he was um, very amenable to being able to find some time between the insurance adjusters and the press and everything to come on the show. Uh, we had so many people reaching out to us here at the station, uh, you know, about, well, can you let us know more about what's going on uh, with the church? A lot of people very concerned in general because of Father Edwin and, and, and the uh, relation there he had with the Brazos Valley. So it all just, by God's holy will, fell into place very perfectly for us to to have this really delightful and, and sweet amazing interview with this precious priest. So let's talk, let's listen to your interview with Father, a little clip of it uh, right now. Especially when I uh, see people from College Station and all over the world reaching out, it's, uh, I can feel uh, uh, the power of, uh, uh, you know, God's presence in our midst, the solidarity of people. And uh, it's a great strength. It's uh, so uh, amidst all this, that you know, this uh, vacant land that I see now, um, the once beautiful church has gone, but we can still feel uh, God is still present here. So like yesterday we heard uh, God was speaking to Moses in a tent. Uh, I feel now that God is present here mm. and he's speaking to us. So, uh, And I thank uh, all the people, especially in the Brazos Valley and uh, all over the diocese. And like I said, it has become a world news and from uh, everywhere I'm hearing, uh, you know, people extending the support and uh, and the prayers. So uh, it's wonderful to know that. It was just a touching way everything came together in that moment. And, and if, I, if I recall there, even at the end, um, his blessing that he gave us at the end of that interview was one of the most beautiful blessings I'd heard because you you can hear his priestly heart and pastoral heart coming through where uh, a concern for all of us as well of the people of God and just really moving um, about us being one in the body of Christ and how when one one branch hurts the rest of us do too but then we all reached out and to comfort and uh, that was beautiful as well yeah and, and that that tragedy uh, the the burning of that building, uh, ended up being the the most certainly the most downloaded episode of Red Sea Roundup the entire year because again people wanted to know what was what was happening to those folks that they were either relations of or they were acquaintances of they were they were concerned about I know there was a lot of concern just about how Father Edwin was holding up because he had been the pastor at St Thomas Aquinas uh, years before here in in Bryan College Station. So that was beautiful to see that we were some little conduit of information and care for other people, uh, even in the midst of that of that difficulty. Yeah, I thought it was interesting the way, Pam, you uh, related that um, when one part of the body of Christ is hurting like that, it was it kind of flipped around. As I said, I've been a youth minister for 20 years and a parent and trying to teach how um, 
I guess I've always used more of the example of how sin affects the whole body of Christ and how this was so comforting and uniting that we were all, that's what was uniting us as the body of Christ, as our compassion and our our just who can't think of the possibility of your home parish burning. You know, it's not something that you would ever think about until it happened. And um, it, just the way you described it that way, just really, it was really very beautiful. And I was really blessed to hear that. That train of thought, Judy, reminds me of the reading of the raising of Lazarus and Jesus weeping. And I think so often we fail to understand how empathy and compassion don't take away the pain, but the pain is carried by more of us. And in part, the radio station, by airing that clip, allowed the entire Catholic community in the area to share in that pain and loss and help carry it. And I think this is the wonderful thing about our understanding as Catholics of suffering, that suffering provides us the opportunity to unite, to share with other people in ways that happiness doesn't quite do it. And so when we do have moments like this, great loss, great pain, it allows us the opportunity to carry that burden as the body of Christ, and so share in the suffering of Christ, as St. Paul tells us. That beautiful church of Westphalia, that was a church that was um, dedicated to Our Lady, and it happens to be the feast day that this episode is being aired on. And Judy, what do you what do you see in that feast of Mary, the Mother of God, and what we've been doing well, today? Well, the thought occurred to me as we were planning this, uh, Can you, let's come together, let's look back and forth, that it was going to be aired on January the 1st, which is a beautiful feast day, a Marian feast day of Mary, the Mother of God. And I'm just going to read a quick little kind of a Wikipedia definition of that. The Solemnity of Mary, the Mother of God, is a feast day of the Blessed Virgin Mary under the aspect of her motherhood of Jesus Christ, whom Christians see as the Lord, Son of God. It is celebrated by the Latin Rite of the Catholic Church on January the 1st, which is an octave day of Christmastide. Now, within that one little definition is about seven other things that we <laughs> need to explain uh, all of that. But as I made the suggestion that we would include that, Deacon Mike, as you had said, um, what a beautiful one of our quotes of the Blessed Mother, do whatever he tells you, that uh, incorporating Mary's mothership of all of us. And I think this is, you know, the last spoken words of Mary in the Gospels are basically just do whatever he tells you. Mm -hmm. And so I think ultimately we as hosts of this show and the radio station as a whole that's our role, is to remind everyone that all we are called to do as Christians is whatever he tells us. And so this feast day, 
falling on this airing of the radio show is a wonderful reminder that that's our calling, point in the direction of Christ. And again, pointing back to something that we said earlier, you don't know what he's telling you if you don't take time to listen. If you don't make space in your life to be able to listen to what he's saying, if you're preoccupied with everything else, you're not going to hear what he's telling you to do. With that, too, I just uh, want to encourage our listeners, um, each one of us here, uh, do our, our best to to make that space to listen to the holy will of God. But your prayers would mean so much for us. If you could pray for Judy, Jean, Deacon Mike, and Pam, in uh, our apostolate that this is, to, to bring um, the Word of God, to bring His love, to bring His hope, to bring virtue— and everything encompassed in that, if you would just keep us in your prayers throughout this um, 2020 year. And and many on every show that especially that's aired live, we encourage uh, our listeners to call in. Uh, if that's not your thing, we have many ways that you could contact us. If you had uh, a subject or a person in mind that you'd like to hear about, uh, we would love to. I mean, that's what we're here for. We want to present something that you would want to hear. So you can hit the website. Uh, you can. We've got a contact list link on the website. We've got my email, which is there on the website. You can email me directly, Thaddeus at redsearadio.org. Gene, I know, has a redsearadio.org address as well. Gene at redsearadio.org. Um, and yes, please, let, let's surface those stories from our local listening areas. And. I would really ask that our people, not only in the Bryan College Station area, but our friends in Waco, West, and that Central Texas, and I particularly, I'm all, I have yet to get a real guest from Palestine area. I'd really like somebody from Palestine to know somebody there and just be bold enough to tell us, so-and-so has a story that needs to be heard. And uh, for even an incredibly thorough look back at 2019, you can... Get the Red Sea Radio app on your phone, and there's a full the full catalog of all these Red Sea Radio Roundup episodes from 2019, 2018, 2017, partly. Uh, going back all that way are there for you to listen to. There's great descriptions of what the topic for each show is, so you can kind of pick and choose and find themes that are to your liking. Maybe if you're one of the you know the eggheads like uh, Pam and Deacon Mike, you can do that if you're one of the one of the hearts uh, the beating hearts like uh, Gene and Judy you can take those kind of topics but whatever your choice we encourage you to listen to Red Sea Roundup and to tell all your friends and neighbors all that you can about Red Sea Roundup and Red Sea Catholic Radio have a happy new year a blessed new year and we'll see you next week here on Red Sea Roundup <laughs>